0: A guy who was a part of our church years and years ago, Chris Pierce, his mom, Kathy LeCount. Some of you might remember her. She was here years ago, and uh, they moved, and so uh, she just recently passed. And so we're going to have her funeral this uh, this week, so be praying for their family, and uh, we're glad to see Chris today, and, and uh, all of you today, we're glad that you're here. So let's pray, and uh, we'll get right into it. Jesus, we thank you for this day and and what a privilege it is to get together as a family because that's what you've made us. You've made us into a family who cares about each other and uh, who argues with each other, who laughs with each other, and who cries with each other. And so, God, we're thankful for that. We just pray right now that this morning that you would use the words that I say, mostly from your word today. And uh, the things that I don't need to say, don't let me say them. The things I need to say, let me say them. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a series uh, called This is Connected to That. This is Connected to That, and we're talking about God's will. What is God's will? And every week we've been uh, looking at a part of the story of Joseph's life. And Joseph is given a lot of credibility in the Bible because he starts all the way in Genesis 37 and goes all the way to 50. He's given a lot of press uh, in the Bible. A lot of guys don't get the press that he does. We know so much about Joseph. The Bible tells us a lot, tells us he's a good looking guy, tells us that he is an egomaniac, tells us that he is not very humble at some times and other times he is. It uh, tells us that some days he uh, really uh, gets it and some days he doesn't. Sounds like some of us. Uh, his life is a roller coaster up and down. Sounds like us. He starts out and we, we meet him first where his, the Bible says that uh, his dad gives him a coat of many colors. He's given this coat and immediately his brothers hate him because he's the favorite brother and the brothers don't like him. And it goes into a whole discourse of, what do we do with Joseph? And Joseph becomes worse and worse. And he wears that stupid coat everywhere he goes. And his brothers are reminded, dad loves him more than he loves me. He loves him more than he loves us. Joseph falls into disarray because he goes and looks for his brothers. And is with his brothers. And is with his brothers. His brothers decide to take matters in their own hands. And let's kill him. And they don't kill him, they stick him in a well and they see some some slave traders coming by and they sell him into slavery. So he goes from being a favorite son to now in the well and now to being sold into slavery and he goes to Egypt. God is giving him these dreams. We we talked about the dreams that he has and his brothers think he's crazy and his dad loves him so much and he is able to have these incredible things that God tells him about uh, who he is. And so he goes and he gets into a, in a household in the Bible, we find him last week, where he's in a, a house called Potiphar's house. And Potiphar is one of the, one of the big wigs in, the, in, that, in that city. And so he comes to a demise because once again, the Potiphar's wife comes and makes a play for him and he rejects the play, but she basically gets him in trouble and he's thrown in jail again. And that's where we pick up today, and so we're gonna we're gonna see that God's will, it 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 it's all going together, <laughs> even though it's hard, even though He's riding a really good uh, thing in His life, and all of a sudden He's not; He's down in a well, and all of a sudden He's riding some really good things, and all of a sudden He's in jail, and 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 so today we're gonna pick up in, in chapter forty-one, and we're gonna talk about uh, His. Uh, the, the very simple theme of dedication, dedication, and this is not a um, this is not a particularly interesting topic to talk about to a bunch of Christians because most of us Christians we don't like to talk about the word dedication or being devoted to something because if we get a better offer we oftentimes look for the better offer we 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 often uh, we we find that we. <laughs> We find a young lady or a young man who, who tickles our fancy and we, we find that we pursue them. And we pursue them and we find out they're not all they're cracked up to be. And pretty soon, the devotion, the dedication that we pledge to them, we find ourselves saying, I can't be married to you any longer. Dedication is a funny thing, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, mostly through this story today, because this story is so involved, and it has so much scripture involved in it. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to the 41st chapter of Genesis, and I also have a lot of it up here, but I'm not going to read it verbatim because it's just too long, but I'm going to highlight several things within it. and I want to tell you the story, and then I want to send you home with three short things. Thanks. And so that's, that's what we're doing today. So I told you the roadmap. That's what we're going to do. So the bottom line, when we talk about God's will, I want to catch some of you up because some of you have not been here. When we talk about God's will, it's, it's this basic premise of saying, we have to come through a time in our life where we look at our lives and we say, what is it that God made us for? Why did he make me? And a lot of us have, have already answered that question. And some of you here have never answered that question. You don't know why you're here. You're still trying to figure it out. You're, I, I've talked to some 80-year-olds that say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why God's created me. And and you've missed the whole point. You see that, that God created you to bring glory to him. He created you to, to take others and to show them his glory. He created you to do his work on this earth. That's why he made you. But we Oftentimes what we do, we take this, this body that the manufacturer made and we make it do things that it was never supposed to do. And we get involved in things that we're never supposed to get involved in. And we become so involved with this stuff of life, with basketball and baseball and football and, and vacations and money and sickness and, and all the things that there are that we forget that the manufacturer made you to do some specific stuff. And so that's what we're talking about. And so we have to come to a realization that that everybody in here at one time or the other, at least said, why am I here? Why am I here? And then the second part of this, why did God make me? And then the third part of that, what does he want me to do? How does he want me to do it? And how can I do that when I feel scared? When I feel uh, I don't want to do the things that he's Asking me to do. I hear him, I go, Not me, <laughs> not me. That's not going to be me. So let's start in chapter 41. If you've got your Bibles, you can just follow along or you can skip along with me right up here. I'm going to, hopefully, what I've done is I've tried to uh, highlight some things and then I'm just going to talk thinly through some of these things. Here we go. So we use the phrase and I highlighted it when two full years had passed. Pharaoh had a dream. So what am I talking about? Here? Joseph has been in jail for two years. And he has, meanwhile, chapter 40 tells us that he has, when he's in jail, he has this, these, these, these two people that have been thrown in there by Pharaoh, uh, Baker, and, and these two these two guys have come into this jail. He's interpreted their dreams and they're just like blown away. He can interpret dreams. So, hey, Joseph said, when, when you get out, would you remember me? And they both get out, and guess what? <laughs> they don't remember him. They just move on with their lives. And so we're, we're confronted with that verse for two years, two years. Joseph's been rotten in jail, you know, telling people their, their, their dreams and the meaning of their dreams, hoping and praying that he gets out of this pit that he's in. Who wants to be in jail? A jail would not have been a pretty thing at all. And here he is, and we, we, we find him today. So here, here's, here's the point. What's happened during those full years, we're not really sure, but we know that what's going on in his life is, is the same thing that you are thinking about in your head today. As Joseph was sitting there in that jail or laying there in that jail in extremity, and all the other horrible things that were in his life, you think you got it bad, he's laying in that jail, he's thinking this basic premise, when is God's vision for me, when is his purpose for me going to happen? Because it doesn't seem to be going on now. Anybody there today? <laughs> Your life just isn't what you thought it was going to be. It's not fulfilling. It's not, oh my gosh, I, I, can you believe my health? Can you believe, can you believe, it's, it's this, this whole thing of where you wake up and you're going, um, I'm not sure that uh, God is doing anything in my life. So for two full years, Pharaoh uh, has, has, has had, or he's been in jail. Pharaoh doesn't know anything about who Joseph is. He doesn't know him from an ant on the wall. He doesn't care about him. And so God does what God does. And Pharaoh has a dream. And so here's the dream. So the dream goes like this. Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. And in his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows. And they come up and they eat And they come up out of the river and they begin to graze in this marsh grass. And then now seven more cows come up out of the uh, out behind them from the Nile, and they were scrawny. And these cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. And then the scrawny cows, the thin cows, ate the seven healthy fat cows. And at this point in the dream, the Bible says that Pharaoh woke up. Oh, weird dream. What am I what am I dreaming? But he fell asleep again, the Bible says, and he had a second dream on top of that. Some of you can relate to that. Some of you have, have had dreams before, and when I say dreams, I mean things that you do dream about when you sleep, but you also have visions about your life and the way your life should look. And then you have another vision of the way that you think your life, maybe it's chapter two and you're on wife two, or maybe you're on job 17, or maybe you're on what. and you had this vision that there was something else to come. And here's the vision. He fell asleep again, and he had this second dream. And this time he saw seven heads of grain, plump, beautiful, growing up on single stalks. And then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And then these heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-informed heads. And Pharaoh woke up again and realized that he needed to stop eating Taco Bell late at night. (sighs) That's weird. That's a weird dream. And he doesn't understand it. Doesn't understand it at all. He knows what it means. He knows it means something, but what does it mean? And so, what's he do? Hey, magicians. He called all the magicians. Magicians come in and they told them, that they don't know what it is, sir. Probably all ended up dead or in jail. He calls in all, all the other people that they're supposed to do these kinds of things and tell him who he is. This is the, the, the great potentate. Everybody bows down to this guy. He's got all powerful, El Presidente of Egypt all of a sudden, that little cupbearer that was in jail with Joseph is over to the side and he's watching the whole thing go on. He I think he probably kind of sends, sends somebody up there and says to the Pharaoh, hey, uh, I know this guy. Sounds like Bob McFadden. I know a guy. <laughs> if you know Bob, Bob's got a guy for everything. But I know a guy that I think he can help you. Let's go to the next uh, verse 14, guys. Let's see. Here we go. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, which, you know, he probably needed to because that means he was a mess. All right? He came before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I've heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Okay. Good, good, good times, good things are, saying, are going on here. Joseph this, uh, came up and is called up to do duty, and his duty is to interpret this dream from this the highest guy in the country. He goes from being a criminal to being in jail to interpreting a dream for Pharaoh. and See, that's what God does. He takes scrawny people who can't do much, and he puts them in places, if they're willing, to do what they never thought they could do. Verse 25 says this. Let's move on. And Joseph came to Pharaoh. He said to Pharaoh, I want you to follow this. The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh, but what he's about to do is, and then he goes and explains, he explains the whole whole thing. He tells him, here's what's going to happen. And he tells him the meaning of it. And so you get to uh, go all the way down to verse 31 then, I think. Let's let's keep going. And the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine will follow will be so severe. So those cows, the, the, the skinny cows eating the fat cows is, mean there's a famine coming. And this famine means... Something bad is coming, and those skinny, the skinny wheat and all that it's, it's eating the others. It's, it's important to understand, Pharaoh, that you're coming up on some hard times. And so the land because the famine that follows, it will be so severe. And the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. God will do it soon. All right, let's talk about this for a second. So Joseph has the answer, and he, he, he comes to Pharaoh, and he says, I can interpret your dream, but I want you to know it's not me in doing it. It's but God, but God. And I want to I bring that out for just a second for some of you today, because some of you today are facing some hard things in your life. You're, you're facing some big things, and you look at it, and you're going, I can't do this. And that's what Joseph was saying. You've got to pass it off, guys. You've got to pass it off, whatever it is you're going through. You can't get through it. Oh, I'll just I'll just hunker down and we'll get right through it. Pull up your bootstraps and we'll, we'll, we'll muddle right through it. That's not enough. You got to understand what Joseph knew. And what Joseph knew is he said those two words, but God. See, God can do this, He can interpret this dream and He can take you. Where you need to go. I can't. (laughs) And see, that's the problem with some of us here today. You're trying really hard, but you're trying. It's not God doing what he's supposed to do through you because you don't know what his will is. I don't know what his will is for me, Jeff. What, What is it? You have got to understand. If you don't know what his will is, God can do all the God that he wants to do, and he can't do it if you're not willing to let him do it through you. Through you. I want you to sink that in just a little bit this morning. Because a lot of you are just, you're getting tired. You're about ready to give up. What else can happen in our family? What else can happen to me, I can't take any more. Verse 33. And now Pharaoh, and now let Pharaoh look, this is Joseph, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. He didn't even say himself. Look for somebody else that's really wise and let him do it. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Here's the plan. I set it out for you, didn't put myself up there, didn't say I was going to do it, just find those people and get her done. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made you all, all this known to you, there is no one so no discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my, my palace. Wait a minute, I was just in jail. Wait a minute, I, I, was just, I was just really, really sick. Wait a minute, I was just really, really depressed. Wait a minute, I was really, really discouraged. Wait a minute, I was really, really disappointed. Doesn't matter. Whoosh, front of the line, here you are. Doesn't matter. You shall be in charge of my palace. All the people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. And I love that three verses. Joseph is in charge of Egypt. Dang. Dang. What a hero to zero. No, zero to hero. See, we, we all view ourselves as trying to be the hero in the story, and the hero is never us. It is not Joseph. It is God. But Pharaoh recognized that since God gave you what he gave you, I'm gonna put you in charge. You see, I, I can't I can't beat my my drum loud enough. I can't, I'm good. Everybody needs to recognize me. Everybody needs to to know that I'm so good at my job that I should be promoted 13 times, you know? This is me. No, that's because of God. Because of God. I'll do whatever I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. That's where we want to get to. Now, are any of us there? Maybe. Maybe not. So here we are. Pharaoh has pulled him out of jail, made him in charge of everything. And so we see Joseph gets this this supernatural revelation, and, and this is where I think some of us live today. We want this supernatural, I want to know what God wants me to do. I really do. I think if, I, if we got down to brass tacks with everybody in here, you all would say, I really, really want to know what God wants me to do right now, right? Would that be a, would that be a fair statement? You can put your heads like this. It goes like this. Yeah, okay, good. So we all want that we all want that. We want to know what God wants us to do. So you yeah, got to understand that. That's, that's that looking for revelation. And I, I get so angered by some churches that that's all they do is look for the next revealed thing of God. Now, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not doing the things he's already revealed in his word, you're not doing the things he's already told you to do, why in the heck would he give you any more revelation? Ouch. If you're not reading his word, and you don't know anything about but I want to know what he wants me to do. I'm not praying, except to say, help me, get me out of this jam that I just got my rear end into. You understand the thing of dedication? Dedication means... That you devote yourself to it and you stick to it no matter what. We see that in that that dumb old story, and I'm not even going to tell it because you all have heard it, but it's the the chicken and the what the pig talking about dedication. And one's the the chicken's griping about having to give all the eggs to the farmer and the and the pig is, yeah, but I gotta give up everything for you know I'm giving it all. It's total dedication and that's what god is looking for from his followers especially especially in these last days and i think these days that that i think that 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 the sands of time are drawing to a close and i think there's there's a time very soon where god is going to come back and he's calling his church today and who is his church it's not the church down the road it's it's us cuz we're the church He's calling us to be more committed, more dedicated, more devoted. You use whatever word you want to use there, but he's calling us to quit playing around. Joseph was not playing around. And so I want to send you home with three things that we can learn from Joseph and his story that I just went through about dedication. Let me, let me send these to you, and then we're going we're gonna to close. So first, first, dedication means that you diligently address whatever challenge is in front of you, whatever challenge you got going on right now, whatever it is that's causing you angst. Some of you, it's like, what's going to happen to our country? Some of you, it's what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? And it's causing you great distress, and you have got to understand that you have to Take that challenge and say, okay, God, how can I change any of that? Can you? Okay. Right where I am, I'll try to do what you ask me to do. You tell me what to do, I'll do it. Okay. All right. There we are. So we have to understand this this challenge thing, that that if we're going to take this challenge, we've got to understand what it is. What is it that God wants us to do? Verse 46, I think it, it should be... Can you go back to that and then we'll come back? 46, right there. "'Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of King Pharaoh of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence... And he traveled throughout Egypt. That's why I want you. He, he, how did he? What, what does that say there? You know what it says? He had to get the scope of the of the deal. What was going on in Egypt? Well, how? What were the people doing? So he went out. The Bible says, and he traveled all around, trying to find out what was going on in Egypt. And he he was thorough. He was dedicated to exactly what he was doing. And he went out and he saw what people were raising and what kind of crops. And then he came back and he made a plan. That's what I'm talking about when I say you got to know what the challenge is. So the challenge is there's thousands and thousands of people that need to eat, and how am I, Joseph? How am I going to do that? So he went out and he assessed the situation. It's a big challenge, and then I believe he went back to God, and God gave him the plan. Of course, it, it, we, it's all outlined in here. What an overwhelming job be in charge of all things. Do you understand what Pharaoh just did to him? He put him in charge of everything. From being in the, in the basement floor of a, of a horrible jail to now being in charge of everything, God took this man and made him, there was none higher than Pharaoh. Here's where I want to meddle just a second. There's a tendency in us human beings to procrastinate. We like to procrastinate. We like to put things off. And this has been brought to my attention two or three times this week by different people. Talked to Mike about it a little bit. Talked to Randy about it last night a little bit. Talked to several people about putting things off. We just take for granted that everything is going to be the way it is. We just take for granted our family's all going to be there while we're still mad at them, we're not forgiving them. We're still in that, in that place where we take people in our lives that we should really be spending time with, and we're busy doing what? I don't know. I, I think we have to do some introspection here, folks. I think we have to be some real people this morning, and we have to look at our lives and say, what am I doing that's caught me so busy that I can't be with the people in my life that I love so dearly? I can follow them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you do, and whatever you tick and talk or whatever you do. But I think we have to get a little bit more intentional about our relationships and not Take them for granted. Procrastination, it, it, can, it can hurt you so bad because what, when it happens, when something is ripped away, when someone is ripped away, when a, when a, uh, a health issue, when something goes away, things we take for granted, I'll tell you, there's some people in this room aren't taking for granted anymore. They're not taking mobility for granted they're not taking just getting around anymore. They're not taking that for granted because it's important because every step they take is a it's a labor. And it's it's more calculated and the rest of us are sitting here going, "You know, I want to exercise. I want to walk. I want to do this." And I'm going to put it off and put it off and put it off. Dedication equals being more intentional with your life. Dedication means that you're intentional, that you're intentional in your relationships, and when you're around somebody, you make time for people, and, and and we're horrible at it as a as a culture. We used to, I remember, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even the church, we would invite each other to home to, to go supper, and now we're like, you know, let's go get Taco Bell or. Oh, that'll give us bad dreams. Let's let's go do do something. Let's go do something. And we barely do that. I didn't have time to do that. What is going on? And so I want to say to you today, in the kindest possible way, if the devil doesn't make you bad, you know what he makes you? Busy. He makes you busy. And if you're too busy for people, and you're too busy to love on people, and you're too busy to help other people... You're too dang busy, and you're wrong. You're wrong. What right do you have to say that to me? I don't. I don't, but I see it in the Word. Dedication means being intentional. And this is going to ruffle some feathers, so I'm sorry that I'm going to do it, but here we go. I was reading the news this last week about a, a mom. Pretty Pretty close. She had a sixth grade daughter, and the sixth grade daughter was recruited to be part of an after-school club, and the parents are told it's an art club. It's actually sexuality and gender awareness club where sixth graders are taught if you don't feel comfortable in your own body, it's okay to identify as a transgender or homosexual or you pay in or you, you, you take it on, whatever you want to go. What, what sixth grader feels comfortable about their body? Church, really, I, I, just, I don't understand this. But they were told, now listen, they were told, you don't need to tell your parents about this. It can be just an art club. And for that mom, there's a moment where she has to decide. Listen to me, moms. There's a moment where she has to decide, am I going to be dedicated to my kid? My God gave me this kid. God gave that kid as a gift, as a special gift special, do I just give up and say, everybody's doing it? Everybody's doing it. Let's just, I might as well too. There's a moment where that mom had to decide, what am I going to think about that? Am I going to be dedicated about my child being taught this, about how my child is, is discipled in ways that are contradictory? Listen, I understand where we're at in this, but it is contradictory to the Bible. Genesis says this: God made us a man and a woman. And what I'm gonna, what am I gonna teach my kid as a sixth grader it requires a level of dedication like nothing else, because this culture is teaching our kids that God made a mistake when he made them. Plain and simple. And I, I don't wanna argue about anything else. I know that. <laughs> I understand. We have got to be dedicated. And for some of you, it may be just this thing. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. I can't, I don't know what the other family, but here's what I believe God says, and here's how we're going to live it. I want to encourage parents here to not give up, to be dedicated, to be diligent, to be so super fixed on your kids. Do not let somebody else raise your kids because they are. And it's not necessarily the school. (laughs) It's other kids that are wonderful, awesome, wonderful teenagers, and they're confused, and they're bewildered, and the devil has them so, so blinded. I want to encourage you today. If you're a parent and you need help, if you need somebody to come alongside, reach out. It's important. Back to the the three things there, guys. Dedication means being focused on a vision for the future. What's coming up? What's going to happen tomorrow? Because see, if we don't get that vision now. Our country is going to go in a direction. Now it doesn't mean there's not going to be roots of, uh, because there was that. It was that way in in the New Testament. They're, they were they were captives, and there was still this underground church. So I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of being an underground church. I just I'm saying why do we need to be an underground church? Why do we need to do that? Because we we can't let others tell us who God made us to be, who God wants us to be, because if we don't know the will of God, you know what will happen? You will let other people tell you how to do and live your life. And So it's important that we have a vision for the future, and the vision for the future is if I don't do something now, my kids, my grandkids, something's going to happen. It's not going to be good. And so think about Joseph, he, he, he comes in and he's in, been in jail. Would you like to bend the people that Joseph has to, he's in charge of these people and he walks in and says, okay, I'm looking at your crops here and here's what I need. I need 20% of everything you got. Bring it and put it in the till. What? I'm not going to give you 20. Yeah, see, if you give me 20%, then later we'll be okay. I trust in you. I'm giving you 20%. See, he, he had to have his vision, for the, and he had to take the criticism that was going to happen when he did it. And that's what I want to just encourage you. Because when you stand up, when I stand up here, there, there's people here in this audience that disagree with what I'm talking about today when it, when it comes to this gender stuff. I, I understand. There's going to be criticism when you stand up and say, this is what the Lord says. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the manufacturer did when he put you together. Verse 34 says this. You don't have to go back there. It says this, that he tells Pharaoh, you should appoint supervisors over the land and tell them to collect one-fifth of all the crops of the seven good years. So we'll have this. And it wasn't a popular thing. You're not going to be popular to be in anything that I'm talking about. And, and just forget all that stuff. Forget that you're not going to be popular on anything if you stand up and say, this is what God says. Last thing is that we learn from Joseph is this. Dedication means constantly showing up and doing the daily work. I mean, let me reiterate that one more time. Dedication means that we got to constantly show up and do the work that God has called us to do the basic things that God has called us to do. So for 7 years, 7 years he shows up. He's dedicated, he knows what's coming, and I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you today. I know that some of you are going to start to feel like you're alone in your dedication and in your thoughts and it doesn't feel like 7 years. It feels like an eternity. I understand that, but I want you to know you're not alone. There's other people in this place that feel exactly the same way that you do, that don't just feel. They know that they know that they know in their heart that God is right. And when he made us, he made us just right. As a church, we want to continue to encourage you. We want to encourage to love you. We want, to, we want you to know that that it ain't easy bringing a kid into this world today. It isn't easy having a child grow up in, in this system. It, and It used to be Little Franklin was different, but Little Franklin is not any different at all. Little Franklin is just the way as everybody else because Little Franklin has had the world in its sights. And they worry more about what the world says than about what God says. And when we come to that place... We have a problem. The Bible says, I, I got a verse here. I think I've made a scripture. Yep. Keep going. Maybe. Yep. This is, this is for all of you today that feel a little weary about doing the right thing. Because it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. I've used that for years. And I will continue to use it. It is always the right time to do the right thing. Always, always. Look what, what the Bible says. ICC people, moms, dads, teenagers, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give in. Do not just say, it's okay, somebody else can influence my kids. Some of you are going to have to, if you're serious about that, you're going to have to take back your children because they are deceived. They're deceived. So let's close. Let's talk about God's will for one minute and then we'll, we'll have the band come up. Just a minute band. It is God's will that you be devoted to him. This is connected to that. Listen to me. It is God's will that you be connected to him. It is God's will that you be obedient to him. It is connected to that. It is God's will that you repent of your sins. When you know you're doing something that goes against God, it is God's will that you repent of your sins. It is God's will that you pray about everything and give thanks in all things. This is connected to that. It is God's will that you be immersed. It is God's will that you be immersed. And you ask Jesus into your heart to be the Lord and the boss and the Savior of your life. And if you're not, you are not connected to his will. That is his will. It is God's will for you to forgive other people. Ouch. Ouch. This is connected to all that. It is God's will for you to live holy and a humble life. It is God's will that you not live in fear. It is God's will that you cast all your cares upon him. Because if you do, remember, do not give up. Do not, do not give up. Let us not get tired. Let us not get weary of doing the right thing. It is always the right time to do the right thing. Let's pray as the band comes. God, I thank you for your grace that meets us right where we are. I thank you.